You're listening to the John Clark Cast. I'm your host, John Clark, licensed counselor, group practice owner, and a guide for therapists trying to build a better business without all the overwhelm. And today, I'm sitting down with San Jose, California-based therapist Marie Feng of PrivatePracticeSkills.com. We're talking about the culture of academia and private practice, the anxiety that therapists face as business owners, how to create stellar content, and the dream of launching a successful side hustle. Um, bear with me here because the audio is a little choppy throughout the episode, but I think it's totally worth it. So without further ado, let's dive in. Building a private practice can be tough, but I believe that it doesn't have to be. And so uh, I, I like to help you make things a whole lot easier. Um, if you're interested in working with me, head to thejohnclark.com and uh, apply for a free strategy session. That's thejohnclark.com to apply for a free strategy session. Um, in the meantime, do me a big favor, rate, review, and subscribe to this show wherever you are listening. That really helps us get the word out and continue to grow the show. And um, otherwise, tell a friend uh, about the show as well. Share your favorite episode. And um, thank you in advance for helping us uh, move things forward. Marie Feng is a psychologist in San Jose, California. She splits her time between running a private practice focused on helping individuals navigate intersecting identities and her budding online business, Private Practice Skills, which focuses on providing practical how-tos to help therapists get their private practice off of the ground. And Marie, thanks for being here today. And um, Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's good to meet you virtually. Yeah. <laughs> as it goes in, in the modern era of today <laughs> and um yeah, it, it's amazing yeah <laughs> well I was we were just talking before we started before we hit record that um I think I came across your content somewhere I think it was your YouTube content and it caught my eye because um you've got some really great videos and um they're really well produced and self-produced if i'm not wrong <laughs> right. yeah uh, thank you i think um yeah that kind of caught my eye but um why don't you tell folks just a little bit more about you and what's going on in your world right now and how you got started you know on um uh, helping therapists Yes. Uh, yeah, that's quite a question. I mean, I could start way back, but I will take the whole time. So I'm going to skip ahead a bit, but I, I will just kind of sum up the earlier parts by saying I, I always knew I wanted to teach. Um, and so that's partly why I decided to get a doctorate in grad school, uh, becoming a therapist, not to say that you have to have a doctorate to teach mm -hmm. uh, by any means. Um, and so I kind of pictured it being at the university level, this sort of, I guess, standard image of that was what I was handed of what teaching looks like. Um, and then just earlier this year in 2018, I got to teach my first um, MT grad school class. And I loved it so much that at that point, I mean, I love being a therapist so much too, but at that point I thought like, I have to do more teaching. Like I just, it was like, I think I drove nuts after that class ended or was like okay I gotta teach more classes like I'm yeah. applying like a crazy woman to like all the schools at like every level like community college through grad school to like 
teaching at a community center. Like I just wanted to teach. Mm. Um, and then over time, uh, maybe two months after that class ended, um, I was really thinking about some of the questions the students had asked me about getting started in private practice and how just this like taboo, anxiety ridden, there's no way I'll ever be able to do that and we're not allowed to talk about it, kind of culture around it with the students. Um, And they knew I was in private practice. So after class, frequently they would stay and ask questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And even since class have still been emailing me like, can I I really do this someday? (laughs) Um, And I thought, you know what, it's not complicated, but it I remember what that felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just thought it, it wasn't even a business idea at first. It was just like, I have tips because I've done it and anyone who's done it share their tips mm-hmm. and I love teaching. So I might as well just get started and share what I know and, you know, learn as I go as well. And once I started, it was like, there's no looking back. <laughs> I got sucked in, started doing the videos and then I made a website and then I started doing blogs. And now I'm kind of starting to build um, a few e-courses that haven't launched yet, but that's kind of how the whole thing came to be. And it was this like epic moment where I like woke up one morning um, and it was just like the whole idea downloaded in my brain, like the name and I bought the domain name and I made the logo and my husband was just playing Xbox (laughs) and it was like an hour or two. I was on the laptop and I just was like, Hey, I made this business. (laughs) When did you do that? So it was just one of those things where it clicked into place. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I've told this story before, I think even on, on the show, but the, the first week um, that I was in graduate school, they had, you know, you do like an intro to the profession kind of course um, that like none of the students really want to attend because it's extremely dry and it's like a little about ethics, yeah. a little about the history of the profession and, and whatnot. And uh, they had this panel of um, of counselors who were out in the field or had finished the program, whatever, come in and sit down and talk to us about what it's like. And they all looked like they had just been through war. They looked, (laughs) they were miserable. Um, They complained of having no money whatsoever, working long hours, working with dangerous situations. And they said unanimously, and the professor said, um, you know, if you're here, if you think you're going to help people and make money, uh, you're wrong. So you should kind of quit. You should quit this program right now. And I never let go of that. And I held on to it. And it's a lot of why I do what I do today. And, and I still struggle with why academia seems so averse to preparing students for, to become business owners. I don't know why that is. And I've even heard like, um, uh, the dentist, I was talking to a dentist and an eye doctor recently who said, yeah, of course that's part of our training. Like, of course that's at least a portion of what we learn because most dentists go into private practice. Most eye doctors go into private practice and, um, and it's just, we just seem really slow to catch up or really resistant to um, embracing that or preparing, you know, graduate students to run a successful business. Yeah, that makes me so sad to hear it. But mm. I mean, it's so in line with my experience, too. And and really disheartening to think, too, that, that like, would we ever say that to our client that like they can't be a helpful person to society with mm. and make money at the same time? It's like we want you know, you should make money doing what you love if mm-hmm. at all possible. And you know, if we're good at what we do, then people will want to pay us. For it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just so sad. Well, I think the other thing is it's really up to us to either advance or stagnate our 
profession to consumers. Mm-hmm. And when we assign a dollar amount to our business or our services or whatever, we also assign value in a way. And therapists mm-hmm. seem incredibly stuck around that. And really, we, we end up, I think, kind of oppressing one another to stay where you are, to not be overly anything, overly salesy, overly into marketing, um, overly kind of indulgent even. And, um, you know, I, I think that's just a big block because in reality, like even marketing, for instance, marketing as a therapist, it's not really about you. It's about, um, it's about getting in front of more people so you can help more people. Like yeah. you don't even really have to think about, you know, is it, am I being vain? Am I being, you know, self-indulgent if I'm putting stuff out there or promoting myself? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, um, and now I'm taking up all the airspace when I really want to ask you questions. <laughs> Not at all. No, I, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. You're, you're, you're preaching what I would want to preach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, why do you think that is? I mean, or, what's your experience been like with those students who are still, you know, pinging you for, for more information about private practice? Yeah. Well, and I think it's, my experience of what I hear from others, but also my experience of my own mm-hmm. <laughs> journey. Um, and I've certainly come a long way and there's always a long way to go, but there's, I relate with what I hear other people say, cause I've been there. It's the sense that, um, I'll tell a story of like when I yeah. first started private practice, I was postdoc, um, as in, in California, we call it a psych assistant, yep. um, working in, uh, in private practice. And I remember my supervisor said I needed to charge what I was worth. So I had a number in my head that was probably like half of market rate, even as an intern. Um, and he said, no, you have to charge at least this much. Or if you want to charge more, you can <laughs> I remember like having an entire supervision meeting, an entire supervision hour with my supervisor, just saying, there's no way I can charge that much money. Um, and of course it, it was market rate for my experience, but it was this, this sense of like, am I really helping people that much? And I don't want to deceive people because I don't know if I really believe that I'm that good. Mm -hmm. So maybe I should charge less to just kind of um, uh, have integrity because I think I'm not that great. Um, And him sort of coming back and saying, you're a really great therapist. (laughs) This is worth you could charge more if you want um, and I needed to hear that so many times like it probably took me about two years uh, to really feel like oh no no I should charge this much because I'm offering a service you start to see your clients experience great outcomes mm-hmm. and realize oh I'm actually helping them in a big way and they're grateful to be yeah. able to to pay the right amount for that service so that I can keep doing it basically. Um, so I think there's insecurity that, that we have and, and that somehow if we charge people for helping them, that it's not real help. Like mm-hmm. the, this, like we have to have a genuine action with our clients, which I do absolutely believe in. Um, we have to actually care for people and it's not just, okay, I'm only caring about when you pay me my fee at the mm-hmm. end of the session. Um, in order to keep doing it, you do have to get paid. Otherwise Mm -hmm. I'd have to have a different job to subsidize it for free or whatever it might be. And it might not be sustainable. So yeah, that's my theory at least. No, I think so. (laughs) And I think therapists also, we, we tend to wait for, it's really about imposter syndrome in a way because we tend to wait for our identity to catch up 
Whereas I think what you do, the way to deal with imposter syndrome of any kind is you actually change the behavior and then the identity eventually catches up, right? Or it's the, the, yeah. the, the idea of uh, acting as if, right, that we might use with our mm-hmm. clients. Like if, you know, you're nervous in a social situation, what would it be like if you just acted as if you weren't? And then you do that, mm-hmm. you change the behavior and actually the beliefs and feelings and whatnot kind of eventually catch up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I, I hope that, um, you know, I think on one hand, folks are really not prepared to become business owners, um, right after graduate school. And, um, I've even had, um, well, I, long story short, it's funny. You, you mentioned you wanted to teach, you always had that idea. And so getting, um, you know, getting the doctorate is, you know, really helps with that. Um, when I left my practice in San Francisco, I moved back to the East Coast to get a PhD in counselor education because I thought hmm. I wanted to teach. And it's really hard to teach with just a master's. And um, basically ended up in this counselor education program. And a big part of why it didn't work out is, well, two parts. One is I realized I was already teaching. I was teaching therapists through this, through coaching, through courses, through whatever. Um, and I was doing it on my own terms. So I was like, oh, wait, I'm already doing this thing and um, am making more and working less than I would have in academia. The other thing is um, the two uh, mentors or faculty mentors that actually believed in my research on academia and private practice, bridging that gap, uh, they both left the program. And so I was kind of left with no one who would endorse it. And actually a faculty mm-hmm. who said, who came up with me and said, you know, basically new counselors have no business even thinking about business. They just need to focus on developing uh. their clinical skills, which I can see the validity to in a way, right? It's, there's still a lot of clinical skills to acquire right after graduate school, but it's also like, why can't you do both? Cause they're very different parts of <laughs> different parts of the yeah. brain in a way. Right. Right. And, and really, if anything, it just equips people to be relieved of the anxiety. And it, it seems so overwhelming when you don't have the education and the tools. It's actually not complicated. So that's, that's the part that makes me sad. It's not like the complicated part of our lives is learning all those clinical skills. And it, to me, it just sort of feels like a little tag on yeah. to get some of the business skills with it. And especially because as therapists, we already have the business we just don't call it that that like yeah. we we know how to convince people to do what's what's right and what's best um and and building a business is kind of runs off of that and kind of marketing and things like that so um i wish people didn't make it this ugh. i get i could get so fired up about it because <laughs> it upsets me but i'm glad you figured it out yeah and you absolutely don't have to have the doctorate obviously to teach at all so it's great yeah, it's, there's there's many ways of accomplishing the same end, and I think with that being said, there's many different ways of building a private practice. Like I was talking to a therapist this morning, and she said, um, she's like, I'm so sick of getting all this pressure to just basically eliminate all my specialties and just choose one. So there's all this pressure mm-hmm. to niche down so narrowly, even if it feels unnatural. And she's basically asking me, is that what I need to do or not? And I think mm-hmm. the problem is too many therapists or even people who help therapists, they they try to develop a hard and fast rule about everything, which is that, you know, you either have a super narrow niche or you fail in building your practice. Mm-hmm. And basically what yeah. I told this therapist was that's not necessarily true. You can build your brand differently and it's 
it's a there's many ways of getting to the same end so mm-hmm. um well one thing i noticed that you uh, are kind of doing with your content is um you're helping answer some some basic and even nitty-gritty questions for therapists even like um i don't know setting up your business entity or like kind of some some nitty-gritty stuff that i think can be barriers for therapists um getting started well, Two questions. Um, why did you choose? Why have you chosen to to focus on some of those nitty gritty um, topics that some would say are just not fun, or you know, the not uh, not not as like thrilling as I don't know some of the other things. And then also, why do you think therapists um, uh, can get really anxious and overwhelmed in private practice? Yeah. Yeah. And I do think those questions go hand in hand, at least it, it all comes from my own experience and mm-hmm. then realizing over time that so many other people have the same experience. You know, sometimes we go through a struggle and we think like, oh, this is my personal issue and nobody else seems to have this problem. And part mm-hmm. of it's because like, I didn't hear anybody else talk about you know getting an LLC or I didn't know there was such a thing as a city business license. Cause again, they don't tell you about that like anywhere. <laughs> um, so it's felt like, oh, I guess other people just kind of know this stuff and I'm supposed to just figure it out. And if I don't know it, then I guess I'm doomed and I can't be in private practice. And mm-hmm. it's like so ridiculous. And yeah. other people are in the same boat. So it's <laughs> realizing, oh, this isn't a me problem. And it kind of it destigmatizes it. It removes the shame. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, yes, it's nitty gritty and learning about expenses and tax deductions or that type of thing isn't my favorite but it's Mm -hmm. also not complicated but it's just no just someone has to say it right and and to realize okay if we do a little bit of math or if we do a little bit of prep on the back end and it's usually not hours and hours of work just a little bit of work that's not fun you can have this practice and Mm -hmm. do all the other really fun stuff but if you just talk about the fun stuff and you don't know that you need a city business license or you know how to build out of network insurance, whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you're not going to be freed up to, to do all the work. So that's kind of the mm-hmm. idea. Hopefully, I think you asked two questions and I lost track of one of them. <laughs> well, yeah, the other Maybe one I answered just, it, I'm not sure. Yeah, just just why do you think therapists get, get really overwhelmed with, with running a business? Yeah, and I think I'm, that was kind of the idea is that I think that sensation of I think I'm supposed to know this stuff or magically mm-hmm. other people know it because they don't talk about it being hard. Um, I think that really holds people back. Uh, when mm-hmm. And that also when I was starting out, I tried to ask other therapists like, hey, how do you do this? And and that sort of like, I'm not going to share my, my secret recipe with oh, you because totally. now you're competition yep. Yep. and you're moving in down the street. And I don't see it that way at all. It's like we cl- there's so many therapists where I live, but we can all be busy. <laughs> Yeah, why don't we help each other out because I'm going to also refer people to you yeah yes yeah so I think all of that like people can get really closed off like don't take my clients from me I'm not going to tell you my secrets and um I don't think it needs to be that way and I think we need each other on so many levels and this is just one of them uh uh, so I I think think that a lot of folks come into it with some some really uh, limited mindset uh, pieces like, you know, this therapist from earlier today said, um, I, you know, I'm not good at marketing. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? How did you come up yeah. with that? <laughs> well, she said, well, I'm not an extrovert, so I don't like networking. I said, okay, well, me neither. 
And so why does that mean you're not good at marketing, right? It's like that, or I'm not a good business owner or my fit, one of my favorites, I'm not good with numbers. So I asked therapists, you know, what's your gross revenue per month? And they go, I don't know. I'm not good with numbers, <laughs> you know, like, oh. and, and it's like, <laughs> you know, where did you get that belief and what is happening in your life that's keeping that belief going? And what happens is I think people, they stay stuck and then they avoid the areas that make them feel uncomfortable or overwhelmed or incompetent. And they have big gaps and big holes in their businesses that as you scale and get bigger, those gaps just become a lot more uh, troublesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that sort of unwillingness to face it because it's scary. Because I relate with almost all the things yeah. that you just said, too. It's like, oh, I've been there, done that, all the marketing. I'm not extroverted. I'm not good with numbers. I've said all those things. But then to say, okay, well, I'm not going to let this stop me. Totally. <laughs> doing this. Like, how do I work around it or given my personality or can I have someone help me with the numbers? And it's not complicated mm -hmm. um, but that people kind of don't want to look at it and face it and mm -hmm. deal with it because it's hard yeah yeah well and, and I don't you know I don't have to love numbers as much as my accountant but I, I need to know enough or I need to know what numbers to ask yes. him for so that I can make decisions about my business and mm -hmm. you know that's the other thing you have to you do have to kind of lean into your areas of um, of weakness or, or whatever and um and get help where it's needed but you, you have to at least know what you're getting that's the other thing too that kind of drives me nuts is that um even if, if you say you don't know your numbers and you are going to work with a bookkeeper and accountant well then you go and you ask your bookkeeper you go well I don't, what are my numbers and they go well which numbers do you want and you go i don't know just the numbers <laughs> so it's like you need yeah. to know enough to know what you're what you even need yes. or how to hire good help right yeah yeah, it's well, kind of like if you know nothing about cars and you, the mechanic says you need this and that and you it. just pay him for all of it, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. You do a little research. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have to be an informed consumer of your your business and this thing that you own. Um, well, you know, I think um, you mentioned some people have already asked you this, but um, I noticed like your videos are really high quality and really well lit, good audio. And I notice all these little things because I'm a nerd like that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I oh, noticed those things. That? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that part, I think that part doesn't even really matter as much as what you're saying, right? So I don't want to lead therapists down that path of like, oh, Marie's got, you know, good videos because she has a good camera and I can't have good videos until I have a good camera. But. How did you get started and even, let's say, shooting videos for your YouTube channel? And how did you get them looking so good? <laughs> well, thank you. I see, you know, we all, we all are our own worst critic. And Always. I see them like, ah, you know, my face is pink in this one. I couldn't get the color correction or <laughs> the lighting. I don't have I don't have fancy lights, so it looks different depending on how cloudy it is totally. that day and things like that. But um, it, it's it, it's kind of a fun hobby that's been part of my life. My my older brother does film, and this like I feel like this dates me a little bit. But when we were kids, he had those big cameras with like the giant kind of VHS 
things. And um, back when I was in middle school, I would be his sort of muse and we would do like music videos um, and then he would edit them. That was kind of his thing, but I would kind of like look over his shoulder. Um, so that's kind of where it really started. And then um, this is like way back story, but uh, when I was in grad school, um, <laughs> This is my teacher side coming out. I, 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 in college, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that now people know a lot more about called celiac disease. But at the time, like no one knew what that was. Um, and that's, uh, you have to change your diet to be gluten-free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no one knew what that was at the time. So I started filming videos and kind of when YouTube was new mm-hmm. um, and I got really into it. I got a following. So then I started getting nicer and nicer cameras, learning about oh, video see. edits. Just totally learn as you go. And I, I ended up privatizing all those videos because I didn't want to throw off um, clients today if they're looking up my name to think that that's maybe what my specialty is when it's not particularly my focus. Um, so they're all private, but if, if I can access them and it's so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, it came a long way, basically, yeah. um, with like hundreds of videos. So then and then I okay. started doing videos for my private practice. So I have a separate YouTube channel for that. And cool. even then, if you go back to my older videos, I'm still embarrassed. So it's kind of like totally. the more you do it, you just every time. And my goal is every time I make a video to learn one new thing, it's like, oh, okay, That's maybe awesome. this time I'm going to use the lapel mic yep. and see how the sound comes out. And then, okay, this time I'm going to learn how to put titles on the screen and just kind of challenge myself and I have to watch other people's YouTube videos, you know, yeah. to figure that out. Um, so it is, I mean, it's hard work, but every little every little time that there's just a little tweak and it, it adds up over yeah. time to be like, Oh, actually I kind of feel like I know a little bit what, what to do here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to call that, this attribute that you're describing, but I think it's absolutely essential, which is maybe it's just persistence, right. Or in curiosity as well of like, I'm going to try this damn thing and keep trying it and integrate what I've learned into many, many repetitions of something versus I'm going to try this once. And if it's not good as someone else's videos or whoever I'm comparing myself to, then I suck at video or I'm just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting thing too. And if people, you know, listen to this and go look at your YouTube channel, I think they could be liable to think, whoa, this is a, like, this is a newer YouTube channel and these videos are so good. How will mine ever be this good? Because they don't need, they don't Mm -hmm. see what it was like before this they don't see what you did your trial and error they don't see the the b-roll or the you know the 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 clips that that really did suck or whatever you know where the lighting was totally off or you forgot to turn on the mic like i just Mm -hmm. folks don't see that part either they just see the final product and they go wow this is so good or they don't realize a four minute video edited was actually like half a day. Sometimes, you know, the camera's oh, not yeah. working. I, the more battery than shuts off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I com- completely with you. I, you're almost making me feel like I should go find one of my first videos and just like post it somewhere on yeah, Instagram yeah. or something just for good measure. <laughs> and it really is so embarrassing. So I, I think, but maybe that would help encourage people just, I think that mindset helps us no matter where we're stuck. Like I did the same thing with website yep. building. I'm just, yep. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Just make it up to go break the website. <laughs> totally. Learn HTML or whatever. You kind of get it over time and then mm-hmm. you get into a groove eventually. But it is this kind of like, I, I do see it as sort of a puzzle hobby and I kind of find it intrinsically rewarding. Um, and it does sort of fit 
personality to do that. And my husband kind of jokes that I'm always fixing and making new things in the house. Um, but like since I started private practice skills, house is less cluttered because <laughs> I'm like directing it all and it lives yeah, on the, the internet now. Yeah. Um, so it's not like, oh, I have like five new macrame wall hangings. <laughs> They're just, you know, my macrame, macrame is my videos and my blog posts and stuff yeah. uh, instead. So, so I'm awesome. happy. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, this is, this has been great. I mean, I think, um, I think talking about the bigger kind of culture of academia and private practice piece is important. We talked about anxiety, the therapists that we all face in private practice and in life and, um, and basically dealing with like acquiring a new skill, whether that's just the same way you acquire the skill of therapy, acquiring the skill of shooting a video or shooting, you know, YouTube content and like just that, that iterative process that most people I think really take for granted when they look at a finished product. Um, anything else you want to add here then, like anything missing from the conversation or even just like a piece of advice you have for, um, for therapists, um, who are listening? Yeah. Um, well, I just had a kind of closing thought on that same topic about the videos, uh, that I just advise people if they're interested in getting started with video, I tell people to just record a bunch of pretend videos, mm -hmm. <laughs> the same way we do role plays in grad school. Like you don't see your first client the first time practicing. Mm -hmm. It's like you do it with the classmate or something kind of pretend. Um, and so I, I always tell people just record, pull out your phone totally. or whatever, see what lighting is nice watch yourself because it's usually really painful at first to just yeah. <laughs> see and listen to yourself on video and just kind of get used to like okay that's what I look like to people and that's what I sound like but don't post it and and just keep keep doing it you know maybe don't make hundreds of videos yeah. before you post something but just learn a little bit before give yourself permission to practice because um, yeah. I think that that really makes a big difference so that you feel like oh maybe I can post something totally. um, you know in a couple weeks Awesome. that was that was my closing thought on, that's great on that topic. i love that that's spot on um marie thanks for being here and um close us out with how people can um find out more about you and, and follow along yes uh thank you um yeah, and thanks for having me uh, you can find me probably most easily by going to my website which is just private practice skills.com that's where you can kind of find the hub of all things i mean my videos are embedded in my blog posts with all the tips um, and if you are kind of just getting started interested in getting started in private practice um, there is a link uh, at the top of the website in the menu for a free guide to get started in private practice and I put like my heart and soul into that to try to cover like all the steps you need to um, get your practice off the ground and I think people have been finding that helpful so. sweet awesome Marie thanks again I look forward to seeing you again soon Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.